0: Hi, I'm Daniel Lucas and welcome to Book 101. Book 101 is all about the books that I read for the last 40 years and today I have my special guest. He is the author of several books, no other than Mr. JC M. Hello, Mr. Byrne.
1: Hello, Mr. Lucas. How are you?
0: I'm great. And how about you? Excellent. Yes. And let's talk about your third book. And I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Blood Reunion. Blood oh,
1: Reunion, wow. yes.
0: That'd be awesome. But before we're gonna talk about let's do the recap of the book one and the
1: book. Two. Sure. OK, so you want to recap of book one. So in book one, we're introduced to our main character, Rohan. Uh, Rohan is a half alien, half human hybrid. And that uh, heritage gives him special abilities. He can he can fly. He's very strong, sort of a Superman type character, similar to, not exactly the same. And in book one, he's we're seeing Rohan at the end of a, a long stint in the military. He's trying to live a quiet life. And uh, a ship full of refugees uh, comes through a wormhole into the system where he's living and um, things cascade from there. A bunch of events happen, people from his past catch up to him and he's forced to uh, do a little fighting and do a little gate, uh, you know, do some things to try to keep everybody safe and he can't live the quiet life he wanted. So that was basically weak, riskless ascending uh, in a nutshell. And then, um, in book two we come back and uh he's still living on you know space station wistful and uh having trying to live his quiet life and uh people from earth come to tell him that the earth is in danger it's being attacked by uh large monsters and they need hyperion who's the uh the greatest hero earth has ever known they need him to save them uh, to come back home to earth and save the planet the only problem is. Rohan knows Hyperion's dead and has been for several years. Um, He died in space in battle. Uh, Rohan was with him when he died. And knowing that Hyperion's not going to be there to save anyone, Rohan himself goes back to Earth and has to try to save the planet from the sharks. Which, of course, he does because otherwise it wouldn't be a book three. Um, So uh, book two is a lot. Introduction to all the the different heroes of Earth, the different superheroes. It's a lot like Avengers in a way. You have like a lot of different characters with different backstories meeting and working together uh, as a team. And uh, yeah, so uh, that's the end of book two. And then uh, Blood Reunion finds Rohan back in space.
0: Wow. The third book of Yes. What behind, what behind the title of your third book, Blood Reunion. Well,
1: part of it is uh, the books about vampires. So the, uh, the main problem that occurs is um, bodies uh, on the space station. Murders start occurring. Uh, the bodies have been drained of blood and everyone obviously assumes the problem is vampires because why else would the bodies be drained of blood? So, um, so they have a re they meet again with this, uh, uh, the, the vampires and the vampires uh well, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but yes. fun- fundamentally, that's that's one sense, and there's another sense in which Rowan is reunited with his blood relatives. But that is a spoiler, so you will have to read the book to find out all the the nitty gritty details of that. But there's always two meanings to my titles, and this is no exception.
0: Is it the same situation when you crafted the third book, Blood Union?
1: What do you mean? situation? You mean the same setting as the first two? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, in book one, he was on a space station. Her name is Wistful. Um, that's where he. lives where the name Wistful Ascending came from. Book three takes place. Uh, there's a there's some small excursions, but for the ninety percent of the book takes place on Wistful again. So we're back there. We see many of the characters we saw in the first book show up in the third book. So in the third book, we're seeing uh, Wei Li, who's the security chief and probably Rohan's best friend, plays a significant role in it. We see the Ursons, the the bears who were the refugees that he saved in the first book. We see them in book three as prominent characters, some new characters, but mostly it's people we met in book one and places we've seen in book one. His ship, Void's Shadow, that he acquires at the end of book one is, is a big presence in book three. So it's definitely a continuing, but it's not, this, it's not one story. Uh, there are sta- three standalone books. Each one has an ending, uh, the stories wrap up, and then the next one is sort of a further adventures with the same characters.
0: So uh, Blood Reunion, is it a standalone novel or prerequisite for your first and second book?
1: Um, I think it would be, you, I have had people, I have had people read it as a standalone. Like I said, it's a self-contained story. I think most people would, would, would benefit. I think most people would benefit, much, would enjoy it much more if they read book one first, um, and probably book two. Um, so I know I have had some readers who skipped book two, which, um, and, and still enjoy book three for, for personal reasons. I don't, you know, I, People can do whatever they want. It's allowed, um, but the books are meant to be read in order, and they're meant to be read together, not not as uh, not as completely separate standalones. But uh, again, it's not a continuous story. You're not gonna you're not gonna read book three and it will end, and you'll feel like, well, now I need to read book four to figure out what happens. That's not that's not the case. Each one does end. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'd read them in order. I think you'll enjoy it more.
0: The more you read in order, the more you appreciate the story.
1: I think so. I think so because there's a lot of character development that occurs across the books, um, as opposed to just within the books. So you'll appreciate Rohan's journey much more in book three if you know where he was at the beginning of book one. The only way you'd know that is if you had read it, um, and then you'll see just how far he's coming as a person, how much uh, the different kinds of transitions and why they're happening in his, you know, his behavior and the way he the way he treats people and stuff. So, uh, yeah. It was definitely meant to be read, uh, to be, to read all of them. It's not like, um, you know, there are series that don't do that. You know, the Jack Reacher series, um, James Bond series, where each book is a standalone and really independent to the others. There's no need to read all of them. If you skip a few, it doesn't make any difference. Um, in those series, this is not like that. This is much more like Harry Dresden, I think, which is another series quite popular where there there are big changes to the, the situation as a whole in each book. So if you miss a couple books, you're going to, you're going to be confused. And this is this is modeled more on that pattern rather than the Conan or the James Bond where you have an iconic character who never changes and you really doesn't matter which 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 order you read them in or which ones you read.
0: Is this the end of the story of
1: or... Oh no. Um I plan to write many more. Um I am actually I just finished I just hit 76,000 words in book 4. Oh
0: today. wow. So, so so you're planning to have how many series?
1: Um, I don't know. I, 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 people ask me this, and I always I always give a sort of half-serious answer, which is 25 books. Um, I'm not really sure I'll make it to 25, but it's a, I, I know what the overall story is going to be. I know how the overall story ends, and I have a general idea of what I want to do with it. So I'm going to say it's somewhere between uh, probably 15 and 25 books to tell the whole story the way I want
0: yes so how many days and month you wrote blood reunion
1: so blood reunion was tricky um i think it took me five or six months i'd have to check i think it was five or six months what was unusual was i read i wrote it and the f- i edited it as i went and the first draft was probably 95 percent complete so from the first draft until i published it it was a almost exactly the same book i mean i made some fixes i changed a few small things but it was almost on the nose my first draft um which is why it was so hard to write i was trying to write it perfect the first time which is probably not a great idea uh writers in general will tell you not to do this um but for whatever reason it's it's how i needed to write this book and uh, it worked um, so instead of writing a rough draft in three months and then rewriting it for three months, I basically wrote 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 it all at once, and then I had some some beta readers give me some feedback, and I tweaked a few things, but very little, and published it. Wow,
0: sounds interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, for all the three books, what do you think is uh, the most difficult to write?
1: uh the most difficult to write I, I think the probably the second book was was hard and probably to a certain extent uh uh the most problem the what i i succeeded the least uh the, in the second book going back to earth introducing a lot of new characters uh, a lot of people felt it was too distracting to have so many new people and to have left behind so many of their favorite characters from book one it was an interesting idea to do it that way uh i don't know that i would change anything if i had to do it again but it was very tricky, and uh, generally, I find that people like that book the least out of the three. Usually, uh, when I when people give me feedback on the series as a whole, they usually say that. Uh, there are exceptions, but but most people say that.
0: So, which book you enjoy the most?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't really think about. Uh, I probably enjoyed Blood Reunion the most. I felt like Blood Reunion was the book. Where I knew what I was doing before I started. It was Full Reunion. I kind of didn't know what I was doing when I wrote it. Um, even Return of the Griffin, I was still learning st- so much when I planned it that I did a. I made a lot of very sort of fundamental storytelling errors. Um, and Blood Reunion was the first book I felt where I really de- knew what I was doing and I planned it right. I planned it correctly from the start. I didn't just, um, you know, I, I escaped most of my worst habits. Um, so it probably came to, it was hard to write, but it was very satisfying because, uh, I felt like I was, uh, I was making a lot of choices that worked out as opposed to with Wistful Sending, I think a lot of the things that worked out really well in that book, a lot of it was luck. You know, I put in a character, not really for any good reason, just because I thought it was amusing and the character would end up lending a lot of weight to the story as a whole. And, uh, so with Wistful Sending, I got lucky with Blood Reunion. I didn't get lucky. I planned. So I felt really good about that.
0: Yes, so let's talk about the main character, Rohan Sure. In Blood yes. Re- in the Blood Reunion, what's the big difference from uh, Wishful Ascending or Return of the Griffin?
1: Okay, so the, the big the big transition for him is in Wishful Ascending. He's really trying to avoid conflict and avoid uh, violence, uh, and through the book, he sort of comes face to face with the with the, with the reality that. Uh, Given who he is and what kind of life he's led, he's going to have to do some violence, and that's um, that's okay, um, and that's you know as maybe as a last resort, but it's it's going to happen. But he's going to also be able to solve a lot of problems without violence because that that's the that's the sort of storyline of the first book, and the second book, it's more about um about about making up for past wrongs. It's about going back to Earth, acknowledging the mistakes he's made in the past, and trying to make up for them so it's a different it's a different uh, personal uh, uh, storyline for him in the second book and in the third book it's about um him recognizing that uh, he has limitations and that he can't save everybody even if he wants to and he desperately wants to but it's not always going to work and sometimes he's going to have to do you know the things he doesn't want to do in order to you know have the best possible outcome even if it doesn't make him happy so that's the more of the the storyline of the third book um yeah so it's always hard to come up with a good like moral um arc moral change for a character in a book and have it be different in each book uh you know you don't want them just going back and making the same mistakes over and over again because uh then you wonder what's wrong with them why didn't they learn and, and you know they, they do this in sitcoms all the time on tv right they have some character who'll just always make the same mistakes because they never change and i find it deeply unsatisfying so i try not to do that i try to have him make different mistakes in every book that's my goal
0: yes so blood Union, who influenced you in in writing with this novel
1: who influenced me in writing this novel that's an excellent question um I think I, I took a lot of ideas from. Um, I like, you know, the Blood Reunion, we're 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 getting a much deeper introduction to the, what I call the deep history of the setting. The sense of, you know, the races and the species that have come before, um, that have, uh, uh, you know, the, the a- ancient civilizations that predate the 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 characters and 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 the races that are around in the in the modern day, and how those ancient conflicts are sort of coming back to haunt uh, the people in the present. Um, I got a lot of that. I think I, I, I'm many places, but I'm thinking of uh, something from a lot of science fiction, like with Larry Niven with the protectors, uh, the sense of this ancient civil ancient races that, uh, uh, seeded humanity and on different worlds and like got, guard them and protected them. Um, I got some of that from, from Larry Niven. Um, you know, so, even some places like Anne Rice Anne Rice was, uh not probably not my favorite writer but she did some great work with you know you'd have a book about vampires in like you know whatever uh 19th century or 20th century new orleans and then with each book she would write uh she'd go back further and you know uh you, you'd realize that those those vampires had ancestors you know they were created by other vampires who might be hundreds of years old and those had were created by vampires that were thousands of years old and and those people were those old ones because they're immortal would still be around and you'd get this a layered sense of deep history around the characters that was unfolded over many books. And I love that aspect of her writing. Um, so I think that was an influence on me. There were, there, I'm sure there are others. uh, uh, uh Star by, by Jim Starlin. Uh, I pulled a lot of like little, the feeling of the world from there, uh, other places too. But I'm going to say those, those are the big ones. The one thing I won't do, which Shan Rice does, Anne Rice, you know, uh, romanticizes vampires. And I always felt that was a little weird. You know, uh, you know, vampires are an apex predator. You know, they see us as food. And um, to me that, the, you know, that the, there's, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a problem with, it. You, don't, you know, you don't, you the, the things you eat don't think of you as their friend uh, or their lover um so uh, i made my vampires um uh, the bad guys uh, or, or or at least some of them might be struggling with their vampirism but 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 as a vampire they're they're, they're not the good guys so i, I don't mine are not sparkly twilight style pretty vampires they're they're the pretty much uh they're pretty much the bad guys
0: yes definitely so mr burn before we go on i want to shout out to the people listening in mm-hmm. india because wow. we love India. Oh, I do. Let's, let's shout out to the people listening in Maharashtra. Okay. Karnataka, Telangana, Andhra Pradesh, National Capital, Territorial, Delhi, Tamil Nadu, West Bengal, mm-hmm. Uttar Pradesh, Rajasthan, mm-hmm. Gujarat, Kerala. Oh, beautiful Kerala. Mm-hmm. Punjab, thank you so much. Haryana, Madhya Pradesh, Odisha, Daman and Do, uh, Chandigarh, Assam, mm-hmm. Chhattisgarh, Bihar, Manipur, Goa, oh beautiful Goa. Mm-hmm. Tripura, Jarkhand, uh, Nagaland. Mizoram, Jammu and Kashmir, Union Territory of Puducherry, and last but not the least, Uttarakhand. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower writers all over the world like mm. Mr. JCM Byrne.
1: Thank you. That's phenomenal.
0: Yes, so Mr. Byrne what else you
1: can say about blood reunion or like i said pretty much anyone who's read the trilogy uh people who've reviewed it they've all said blood reunion is their favorite of the three books um i think it has uh the most uh traditional pacing um and uh there's some humor in there and there's quite a bit of action And there are vampires. And uh, yeah, and we get to see a lot of people's favorite characters from the first book get a little time in the sun. So I give everyone a little bit of work to do to save the day, Um, which isn't always easy because it's, a you know, as the cast of characters grows, uh, it can be harder and harder to give them all or each of them a role in the overall plot that makes sense without it feeling like you're crowding everything. But I think I pulled it off in that book. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think anyone who enjoys Wistful Ascending, they're going to love Blood Reunion even
0: more. Yes, and according to Bo, you just <laughs> can't help but cheer for Rohan. Yes. Yeah. The mighty Rohan. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: yeah. So what,
0: what are the characteristics of Rohan that you put in the Blood Reunion that there's none on the first book and the second book?
1: Um... I don't know if there's anything in there that's not in the first or second book it's more or less more of the same uh uh he's more comfortable with his friend group um he's a little more social by this book he's um a little more willing to to listen to other people and to get help from other people than he was in the first you know the first book he was sort of new to his area he didn't have deep friendships but you know the people he knew in the first book that he met there at this point by the third book, he's, in, he's they've been friends for for a year, so that that changes a, your relationship. Um, but fundamentally, he's the same person. You know, he's a guy who who has some uh, dark past and who is uh, eager to try to you know st- be different than what he was in the past. And you find out more about uh, you know what what he was like when he was younger and why and what you know exactly what forces shaped him. Uh, when he was younger, into 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 being what he was in his 20s. Um, and and you see the struggle against that. But I don't want to give too many details for spoilers.
0: Yes, and according to Christopher Pajat, I love this series of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the elements that you put in the story that you going to love Rohan?
1: Um, I think, well, uh, there's two things, right? One is he's, um, it's the same thing we love about superheroes in general. You know, it's this notion that that a person can make a tremendous difference in the world. uh, And it's a feeling that we often, uh, people in the modern world often feel is missing from our lives because, you know, let's face it, most of us, um, most of us can't. You know, if you see you see some some terrible situation in the real world, most of us can't do much of anything about it, right? You see, you know, uh, like a war somewhere, and you feel terrible for the victims of that war. You can't do it. Most of us are not in a position to help. help. You, you can write a check to Red Cross, but you can't actually make a significant difference by yourself. But Superman can, right? He can go and stop the war, potentially, save the people, Right. So it's that kind of character with that kind of power he can make tremendous impact on the world in a very global way that most of us can't. And the other part of it is, is that despite that, he's really just seeking redemption. You know, he's a guy who's made mistakes and is trying to do better. And people that really resonates with many people. Many people feel um, a lot of sympathy for a character who at his heart is trying to be better than he was uh people we like to think that that's what we're doing even if we're not we like to think that and we appreciate it when we see it and we appreciate it even more when that person fails you know so again i make sure in every book he fails he screws something up uh, but that resonates with people because people see in that a reflection of what they'd like to think their own journey is
0: yes very well said mr byrne and according to ian Field best Mm -hmm. of the hybrid Felix by far. Yeah. Wow. So what a big difference from the first novel to the second novel. Why your reader said, oh, this is the best.
1: Uh, Okay, so if you read the first half of Wistful Ascending, it's a little bit slow. And it's because I'm setting things up, right? I'm, I'm introducing characters. I'm introdu- There's not a ton of action because we have to meet people. We have to get a sort of feeling for what the status quo is. And then once I get through the first half, then in the second half, things can start to pick up, right? The pace can pick up. All these things that have been established, the baseline, you can start to have things move from there. Um, and in a way, the same dynamic occurs between the first and the third book. Um, I've had two books to set up the, the series. I've had two books to introduce characters. Now, instead of just introducing things and, and mentioning them for the first time and describing them, I can start to show changes. I can say, oh, I can add depth. Instead of just introducing a character, I can say there's more to this than you realize. I can play with your expectations. So there's an inherent complexity you can put in a series like this that you can't do in one book. It's, it's the same reason people write very, it's similar to the reason people write very long books. You know, why do people write 800 page books? It's so they can add these layers of depth. They can spend 300 pages introducing things. And then the last 300 pages they can make it complicated. And uh, that's kind of what's happening here. You know, the third book is the, you know, we're dealing with effectively, you know, the, the pages 800 to 1200 of a story. Um, so, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can manipulate or or work with what you've already learned or what the readers already learned, and uh, and build on it. So uh, it's why I wrote a series. It's 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 exactly for this opportunity to be able to do this sort of thing with a
0: story. Yes, definitely. And according to one of the Kindle customer, great book. It was reviewed <laughs> in the United States on January 19, A great book. Epic series. I will reread these books as they are just that great. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's you know it's funny. It's uh it's a I mean it's a superhero story, but it's not it's not meant to be uh, like a uh, 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 silly. It's not it's not meant to be a a comedy. There, there are funny parts to it. I think there's some funny jokes, but, but the the characters are not meant to be uh, 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 caricatures. They're not meant to be uh, comedic, and uh, the uh, the storyline is meant to be, you know, to resonate with people emotionally. And um, I always thought that would really people would really like that. You know, people like the the better Marvel movies because they're they're doing this sort of thing. Um, and so, so I I have readers who read it and and it really resonates with some people, uh, not everyone, of course. That you know you, that's not that's not how writing works. You're never going to connect with everyone, but I do feel like I've tapped into uh, something that certain readers find really appealing, and you'll see that in the reviews. Some people really fe- feel strongly about it. It's very gratifying to me to hear that.
0: Yes, it's it's one of a kind, right? So do you think the hybrid? Felix's uh novel will be at timeless
1: um i don't know but i'm not too worried about that i'm 52 i'll be dead soon so um i'm not so worried about what what people will be reading it in 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 20 or 30 years that's not really my goal like i'm not i'm not trying i, I don't know how to i don't know how to, i don't know what would make a story timeless like i'm not i have not thought about you know, what characteristics would a story need to be worth reading 50 or 100 years after it was written? So because I don't think about that, I don't know that I've tried to make it that way, so I can't say. My goal is really to reach people now, um, hopefully people a little younger than me, and that's it. And beyond that, I just have to wait uh, or, and, and see what other people think. But I don't, I don't think about timelessness as a, as, as, a, as a part of what I'm doing
0: so for your opinion what do you think a good characteristics of a good novel
1: there's a that's a complicated question so um i think it's it's very it, you know so a good novel. okay i actually made uh, a couple of youtube videos about this i have a youtube channel and i talk about this sort of thing um and i think we you know people use the word good in a very uh uh can mean a lot of different things so you know. Some people, by a good novel, they mean it has high literary quality. Um, you know, the kind of book that would be taught in an English class somewhere, studied at the at the university level. Um, that's what they mean by a good book, as opposed to just a, a like a what people call like a beach read or a summer vacation book or a, a book that's fun that they call a page turner that's interesting, that pulls you along with the story. But doesn't have the same literary quality. So that's often what people mean by those two words. And um, yeah, I think I think a page turner is a book that 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 raises just enough questions to keep you interested and keep you moving along. That's paced really rapidly, and has to have characters that uh, engage with the reader, you know, at least somewhat well. Um, and it has to be, you know, more or less, you know, have a plot that that's going to. Pull you along, and those are those are the books that people are, have fun with and that they enjoy. When these people say good in a literary way, they're looking for for a book that does something either very original. It, it write it tells a story in a way that has not been done before, or that uh, educates someone. Where you finish the book and you feel you've learned something about the human condition that you maybe didn't really understand before. Um, and that those are the kinds of books, or or, or, or it could be a, a story that has. Uh, prose that's unusually beautiful. You know, the individual sentences are, are the word choice is so unusual. It's it, it has aesthetic value in itself. So those are the kinds of things that make people talk about a good book, you know, capital G good or literary good. Um, and there's other characteristics that, that go into that. Uh, I don't know that I'm really necessarily, I, I think for me, I'm trying to make a book that's fun first. And if it's good, it's, that's a secondary goal for me, you know. I hope people get some like uh, value. I hope people under feel at, after reading the books that they understand something about the moral condition of humanity in a way that maybe they didn't before. But that is not the first job of what I am trying to do. You know, my first goal is to make a fun book that you enjoy, that you finish reading and you and you feel good, like you just had a good time. That's my primary goal. Any 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 sort of literary value I that's in there, to me, is a secondary thing.
0: Very well said, Mr. Byrne. And before we go on, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food One One, our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the executive chefs in one of the five-star hotel in downtown Toronto. And please do listen to our, our latest episode. We talk about bores. So please do listen. Nice. Yes. Food 101. So, Mr. Byrne, can you please invite our listeners to buy all your books?
1: Yes, you should buy all my books. So if you go to Amazon, search for Wistful Ascending or my name, J-C-M Byrne, B-E-R-N-E, you will find my books and you should buy them and read them. I'm on Kindle Limited, so if you have a subscription to that, they are free. Uh, Wistful Ascending is on Audible in audio form. The audib- uh, the other two are not as of this time. And I should have two more books coming out this year. So by, uh, by uh, October or so, uh, I should have two more books out. A fantasy novel called Partial Function, and the fourth book in the Hybrid Helix called Shadow of Hyperion.
0: Yes, and I'm inviting you to talk about all those books
1: thank you I'd love to
0: yes if you want to revise the blood reunion which part of the book you want to revise
1: oh I don't I I uh, blood reunion is one of the first books I think I mean I'm sure if I went through I'm gonna find an awkward sentence or word choice somewhere in there like there's no way it's perfect books I don't know if that's possible to have a perfect book but overall uh, it's a very tightly plotted book like I couldn't move a scene. Without the whole thing falling apart, um, everything has to happen exactly where it does. So I don't know. I don't think I could change anything. I wanted to put more of a romance in there. Unfortunately, there's a very little romance in book three. Um, I tried, but it didn't work. Um, uh, I just there was no room for it. Uh, it didn't make sense in the with the story for there to be a romantic, uh, 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 you know, feelings in, or much of one. So, uh, but I don't think it's fixable. I don't think I, you could sandwich that in. So that's as close to a perfect book as I, I may ever write is Blood Reunion. So, oh. yeah.
0: Is, that, is this your favorite among the three?
1: I don't know. That's, I don't know. Uh, probably Wistful Ascending is always going to be my favorite because that's the that's the book that got me uh, readers. Uh, That's the book that uh, because, you know, no one's going to read the third book in a series first. Right. So so Wistful Ascending is what got me in touch with the community of people who appreciate the book and have been promoting the book and, you know, making YouTube videos about it and talking about it on their blogs. And that all came about through Wistful Ascending. I mean, uh, it's that one that got their attention. And many of those people have gone on to read the other two books, but it's only because Wistful Ascending resonated with them somehow. Um, so I think that's always going to be the special place in my heart for 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 making this journey work, because like I said, if if it hadn't been, if it didn't, work, if that book didn't work as well as it did, no one would be reading the other two.
0: Definitely, yes, indeed. You want to describe blood reunion in, uh, let's say, three adjectives. What are they?
1: Three adjectives. Um, blood. Yeah, I'm going to go with bloody. I'm going to go with um, uh, funny, and I'm going to go with historic. Wow.
0: Indeed. I think it's uh, uh, bloody because of the vampire, right?
1: <laughs> the vampire, and my and my poor main character, uh, he gets badly hurt in this book and spends a lot of the book in very bad shape. Um, so that's not really too much. That's a little bit of a spoiler, but not too spoiler, bad.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's a little Sir? bit. Yeah. Sorry, people.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. People will figure it out. Yes. Uh, I'm not telling them how he gets hurt or exactly, but he spends a lot of the, I have a lot of fun with my, uh, with his underground doctor, um, uh, uh, trying to, trying to, trying to fix him up and failing. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Bloody for that. And then um, yeah. Historic because we, we get so much of the backstory and the deep history of the, of the setting. Uh, which is also going to set up the the future of the series. You know, we're going to uh, have to deal with the ramifications of things that have happened. You know, fifty, hundred, thousand, millions of years in the past, and we're starting to get a sense of what those things are and what the problems that what problems will ensue from those things.
0: What do you think the weakness of Rohan? This is this a spoiler, or I don't think so, right?
1: Weakness and of you- Rohan. He doesn't have like a traditional weakness in the sense of like kryptonite, but he's not the strongest or toughest guy in a fight around he's he's you know well above the normal person but there are definitely people who are stronger and tougher than him so he's weaknesses you know can he figure out a smart and clever way to win the day when he's not the strongest guy around um, which happens often enough so yeah and then his other, we- his other weakness is pretty girls
0: Uh Okay. (laughs) Interesting. So, Mr. Byrne, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Mr. Lucas. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
0: Welcome people. See you soon.